Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. not only won the Money in the Bank briefcase, she only went and cashed in on the same night, beating Ronda Rousey, way to do a good surprise booking WWE. And also Austin Theory was uh, entered into the Money in the Bank men's match last minute and won that one. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Lugo in DAD. Welcome to our Money in the Bank 2022 review on the WrestleTalk podcast. Please give us a subscribe, press the thumbs up button, leave a comment down below and send in your ultra chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. But the best way to help us out on this episode is by getting your face to look nice. Now we tried our very best to stage a little uh, recreation here of walking into an office building and walking into a room and there being lots of products around and a lily doll. In fact, we could have done it with the lily doll here, Mm. but we thought we don't need to do all of that, Gubbins, because this is a product that sells itself. Geology is the place to go for men's skincare reinvented. Please click the link in the video description down below because the way this works is that you take a quick 30 second quiz and it asks you what you want to get out of your skincare regime and then based on your responses it gives you your own feedback sorry it gives you your own regime and sends it into the post to you this is legit my regime that i get from geology you got the exa- you got the same one as well mm-hmm. because we're both looking to get rid of the old bags under the eyes we've got the same skin yeah pretty much yeah we're so same yes yeah. uh, and it's been amazing like legit since i started using this thing i've had people at like birthday parties kids birthday parties telling me it's like wow you look really good i thought you just had a kid i thought you were supposed <laughs> to look really tired and haggard and stuff you're actually looking amazing at the moment i was like that's because geology is my friend click the link in the video description down below and take that quiz uh, apologies for the slightly delayed start we had some technical issues uh, if we went live 10 minutes ago we would have looked like this yes jewelry machine pete and tempest had the exact same issue yesterday 
and we were calling up producer Rich looking for like, how, how to fix this. I called up Pete and I was like, Pete, how did you fix this yesterday? Pete was like, I don't know. And producer, producer Rich said, I don't know. And you know what I found? Big boy brain Luke Owen knows how to fix things. And I fixed it. Oh, I'm like, Owen Hart. And I did it on my own. This guy knows the difference between a USB 2.0 and a USB 3.0. That's right. That's dad skills right there. Uh, right, so this pay-per-view, this episode of Sunday Night Raw featuring SmackDown, <laughs> this premium live event. Actually, it wasn't Sunday Night Raw. It was Saturday Night Raw. Yes, because they do these on Saturday I nights now. I keep thinking this is Monday. Yeah, it did... really screws me up having a WWE pay-per-view on a Saturday night. Did you hear, so Fightful Select had a report about this being on a Saturday, also the same night as the very famous UFC mm. July 4th weekend shows that they do every single year. The fact that they had to move this show from a much bigger stadium to a smaller arena because ticket sales weren't looking great. And on the same weekend as a UFC show, it is, the quote was, Nick Khan's first misfire Ooh. in terms of like how he is promoting these shows. His first misfire for WWE. Well, he's a big Saturday night guy. You know, the, all the shows, that's his big aim for this year. His 2022 resolution was to get more Saturday night shows, as we saw day one. Was a Saturday show. So it was. So that was, was his child. First night of Mania was night one. Um, Helena Cell was. SummerSlam's going to be on a Saturday. Yeah. Clash I, of uh, Castles. Is is a night, Castle Is a Saturday show because then AEW's on the Sunday directly mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, yeah, I think looking back, there were a lot of things working against this show. No Cody Rhodes, no Roman Reigns. Yeah. It's. I do feel for Nick Khan that his business his business idea of let's run Las Vegas on a big holiday weekend will run before the UFC. There's, there wasn't a great deal of overlap. So Vince fight, went to the UFC show. Yeah, and so did Pat McAfee. A lot of them did. So fight fans can go from one to the other. I actually think this was a good idea. The problem with this show is not having Roman Reigns on it. Yeah, well, that was the other part of the Fightful Select report is that, yeah, this is Nick Khan's first misfire. <laughs> However, it was a show with no Cody, no Roman, no John Cena, no Brock Lesnar. No and Randy Orton. No Randy Orton. And yet they still managed to do 20,000 fans in the building. And it was a hot, hot crowd as well. Denise Salcedo, who was there live for it, she was saying on the Fightful Post show that because it was in a, a smaller arena... The crowd sounded so much more loud because it's just all the sounds just bouncing everywhere as opposed to being in an open air arena where or an open air stadium where everything just falls out the top. I don't like stadiums. Stadium shows. It's I mean, I'm not there. So for me, I'm looking at it from a home perspective, a home viewing perspective. And yeah, I prefer the smaller shows. Well, you know, if, uh, if, if anyone's gone to the LCD sound system residency <laughs> at the Brixton Academy over the last week, you'll know from them they're artists. They have chosen that route specifically not to play a stadium. They're playing the smaller rooms for multiple nights because it's more rewarding as an artiste. Is that so? It's pretty much the same thing. It's the same concept. It's the same thing, and it gives me a way to say that I went to LCD Sound <laughs> So you're saying Nick Khan was on the phone to L <laughs> Mr. LCD to ask him questions about their tour. Anyway, very hot crowd, and I would say this was, botches aside... The perfect opener because it had a huge surprise winner in Liv Morgan. I had, she was like fourth, fifth pick for me. 
uh, probably Becky Lynch over this, Asuka over this, Alexa Bliss definitely over this. Yeah, same for me. Like when we did our Money in the Bank predictions, <laughs> I was like, I don't think Liv Morgan's winning this for the simple reason was she pinned Alexa Bliss on Monday. Yeah. And the, the second she pinned Alexa Bliss on Raw, I was like, she ain't winning Money in the Bank then. And then I think she won again on SmackDown. Like, yeah, she definitely ain't winning Money <laughs> in the Bank then. But like, I think Tempest was making this point on the SmackDown review. I think WWE are trying to reverse psychology us now mm. because they've they've spent so many years telling us that if you win on TV the night the day before yeah. the pay-per-view, you're not winning at the pay-per-view. But now it might be they're actually trying to build momentum for people and then they win. Or they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, and yeah. as of this morning, she probably wasn't even booked to win. They, Something yeah. happened with Charlotte. So, and they're like, oh no, we've got to find a better opponent for Ronda. Apparently every match on this card, or at least most of the matches on this card, had not had finishes decided two to three hours before the show actually started. None of the finishes were relayed to the talent. There wasn't even a production meeting for this show, according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, because there was they didn't really know what direction they were going with. So yes, you might be on the money there. They may have just gone like, well... Why not live? Why not live, eh? Should we just have her win the title as well? Well, it might be as well because they had Theory winning the men. I think so. So they were like, well, let's, you know, because we've got the baddie winning the men's, let's have a baby face, a baby face that people really like win the women's and then do a surprise cash in later on in the night. I would also put in the list of competitors, I would have had Lacey Evans above her. And I feel like the crowd did as well, because every time Lacey went up the ladder, they were like, oh, no, she's going to win. Boo! The problem there is that she's meant to be a babyface. Yeah, well, they... But people believe she could win, <laughs> yes. and they didn't want her No, to. no, I don't think people believe she could win. I think people were worried that she might. Yeah, exactly, well, that's well, what I mean. No, no, but that's slightly different to believing that she might win. They, But I, I reckon that the worry that Lacey Evans would win <laughs> far outweighed the belief in Liv Morgan way. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because yeah. even when Liv was on top, on her own, hooking to the briefcase, there were still people in the building being like, I don't, don't know what happened though. Where's Asuka? Where's Asuka to stop her, I guess? Uh, so this was, I actually enjoyed this match a lot. Um, I, I, I must admit it was, was a botchy affair, wasn't it? So I saw a tweet that described this match as clumsy. Mm. And that is a perfect word to describe this match because they tried a lot of spots in this. Everyone tried loads of spots in this, and only a fraction of them actually paid off. I said to Luke when I got into the office, oh my god, did you see that Shotzi botch? And you just went, which one? <laughs> she didn't do a single move right. She had at least four <laughs> or five big moments here, and she didn't get it, and it was one of them good. I've got to put, like, put her over, though, because there were so many times where I thought, She's got to get taken out of the match. Now. <laughs> like that's a, that's a concussion. That's a concussion. That's a broken elbow. But then she'd cut, run back in and do a, another spot and blow that as well. <laughs> blow, blow that as well. But not because she was injured. It seemed no. Just because she was screwing things up. The worst one for me was this sort of sent on splash where she was meant to land a little bit further along than the ladder, but the back of her head just went on the on the ladder. And it seemed to be so hard, she started bleeding from her eyes. Yeah, she was either supposed to land completely on the ladder or completely overshoot the ladder. And she chose the option in the middle where she just hid her head, mm. the back of her head on the ladder. Blood went like everywhere. It was a gross thing. Becky off the top of the ladder as well to do like a leg drop. She was supposed to like leg drop Asuka through this ladder bridge. 
instead just sat on Asuka and they both just fell off the ladder. And Asuka was like grabbing her ribs like I, she I, just fallen like out of her back. Looked like it was straight to the boob. <laughs> really it must have been so painful. Yeah, you're probably right. I just thought it was a senton. So you can kind of hit her and sail over quite safely. But you're right. Becky Lynch's top rope move is the leg drop. Yeah, she does the leg drop. So she just overshot that. God, that was that's quite stunning then. They're both very good workers. Yeah. That's just a, a mistake. I think you can, you know, the Shotzi stuff, you can probably put down to nerves. This is like, this feels like it's her first pay-per-view match she's ever had since coming up to the main mm. roster. And so big match as well, it's the opener. Nerves get the better of you. Mistakes happen. I don't I'm not, I don't think she's a botchy wrestler at all. I think Shotzi's actually a very, very good wrestler. And she's had a bad night. And I think that you can say the same thing for Raquel as well. Because Raquel had a moment when Becky and Asuka were laid across a ladder and she was supposed to do a spot where she would lift up the ladder and like deadlift both of them up and like, I don't know, like throw them up or slam them down or whatever. I don't know if you've seen. It's because Raquel's got a back. Well, that's that's her gimmick is yeah. she has a back. Wow. She points to her and is like, have you seen? I've got a back here. I thought she was going, who's taken the back of my costume? No, she is saying, I've taken my costume off so you can see, see that I've got a back. Mm. Uh, so she had this spot. She was supposed to lift them up, and then and like commenters were like, "Oh my, is she gonna deadlift them up? Is she gonna like do weights with them and stuff?" But she did it too far over to Becky's way. So like a seesaw, she did. She wasn't in the center, so she couldn't lift them up. So she lifted Becky up, and Asuka went and just sort of fell to the side. Bad physics. It was a bad fit. Like the physics engine didn't work, <laughs> and it made Raquel look. A little bit stupid. It was the first spot of the match. But yeah. I, I thought she recovered well after that because she was the sort of dominating wrestler to beat. Uh, the rest of the strength stuff worked well. She had all the Omos spots. <clears throat> but at the end... But can actually wrestle. At the end, we had Becky push everybody off the ladders and she climbs to the top. And I, you know, I fully believed, okay, here's Becky winning now. Liv Morgan runs up a ladder adjacent to it. I was like, okay, fun hope spot. Becky kicks her ladder over. But Tempest said it was a Dean Ambrose spot from years ago, I can't remember, where Liv hit the top of the the top rope and pushed her ladder back into place. I'm amazed that went well, considering everything else that went wrong. A lot of the key spot works. Yes. That's the main thing. And then Liv Morgan actually throws Becky off, and then Liv gets the briefcase, which wasn't just an, an amazing result in the moment because that really took me by surprise and we're all big fans of Liv on the channel and there's so many fans of her in the audience as oh, well yeah. but it's also quite a poetic payoff to that feud the last time when Morgan felt like she was going to break out back in December January against Becky Lynch who cheated to keep Liv down yeah it was a wonderful finish and actually like that spot working it's the same with Jeff Hardy, WrestleMania X7, right? Jeff Hardy had this spot where he was going to walk across three ladder, like this ladder bridge thing, and jump onto the titles. And it was never going to work. It was, and apparently they tried it multiple times in the day, and he bollocksed it every single time. But then it was like, ah, it'll be all right on the night. And on the night, it didn't work. Mm. But that's the spot that sets up the edge spear. And that's the spot that people remember. Yeah. So, the point I'm trying to make is that like, because Liv's final spot went so well and she won and it was a great crowd reaction and then we got the cash in later, it kind of completely undoes all of the botchy stuff that happened in the match because that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. We got the, the moment we needed. Mm, I totally agree because when I came out of the show after watching it, 
I was like, God damn, yes, what an opener. What a great night long storyline for Liv. And it's only when I started reading people's responses where they're like, oh, damn, that that women's match was uncomfortable to watch. I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah. But I have forgotten a lot of that because of all the goodwill. You forget it all as well. And I think actually that's also the feeling that was there live in the building. Mm. Um, according to Sean and Denise, like they said, we none of us noticed all of the spots that were going wrong. Mm. We just had the, and because the crowd was so hot and they were so electric for everything that was going on, no one noticed all the things that were going wrong around it because everyone was just really excited for the show. And that carried everyone through. I thought it was a, it was a clumsy match, but the result at the end and the finale at the end, I thought made it all worthwhile. I thought it was great. And it set up a terrific pay-per-view length story. Later on, we get an interview with Liv backstage with... Sarah Schreiber yeah. and Liv is like I'm just so happy oh my god uh, I just want to go and celebrate uh, uh, I'll, I'll see you later like I'm going to cash in at SummerSlam or something and I did not think anything of it I was like yeah whatever generic promo but I'm really happy for her she looks genuinely happy that's heartwarming see you next week the second she said that, I was like, oh, she's cashing in later no, well, on. Really? Yeah, I was like, yeah, she's cashing in later on. Oh, it totally worked me. And I loved it. I thought it, I thought this was really smart because later on, we have Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. I'll, I'll read you my notes here. This is wrestling underwater. Mm. But weirdly, so choreographed that it just wasn't pleasant to experience. Was it Awful, awful match. And this is like, apparently this was rehearsed within an inch of its life. Mm. And you can then tell that. The problem when you rehearse things too much is that you're not watching people wrestling. You're watching people remembering the next spot that they've got mm. to do. So it is just watching like awkward ballet. And yeah, it's like, I thought this was, it was so slow. This only went like 10 minutes or yeah. so, but it felt like 25. Alvarez made a good point on their review. And that is... When you do a very heavily choreographed match, that's okay until you start to forget bits. And he said at the end of this match, the final third, it broke down quite a bit because if you go off track, it's very hard to get back on track. Or oh, where were we? Should we just skip that move? Oh, I don't know. Whereas if you are improvising and calling it in the ring or just have a basic layout of spots, you can just quite easily get back into it. So yeah, it's, they... they this was like, they tried hard and the idea was sound, work over the body parts, but this just did not work as a match. It, it didn't help that no one bought Natty winning. That as well. Like Natty was a, a completely unconvincing challenger. It's kind of the same way that Carmella had earlier in the night. Like no one for a second bought either of them winning the belt. And because of that, the crowd were like, it was the most quiet they were all night. And it was the cash in. Well, Mad Cat Moss in the ring for the, for the men's, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that. When you, yeah, when you put it that way, you're absolutely right. Um, but then when the cash-in came, all of a sudden the crowd completely woke up. It's almost like they were like, what way? Oh, oh yeah, wrestling's on. It's what you said. I, I, I'm never going to talk about the Ronda Natalia match. All I'm going to say is, wow, what a cash-in. So, yeah, Natalia taps out in the arm bar, but Ronda's kind of selling it like, oh, that was tough. And I was like, well, you know, I didn't enjoy the match, but I think you're both doing a good job right now of putting over that that was a bit of a war. And then Liv Morgan runs down like 
her facials and selling of this I thought was spot on. She runs in almost baby face desperation. Cash it in. This is my only shot. And I'm going to take it right away. Oh my God, I can't overthink this. And I was like, is this going to happen? Are they actually going to ring the bell? And they did. And Rhonda puts her straight in the ankle lock. And this crowd were like, oh no, no, not this way. Not this way. Like this crowd fully believed Liv was not going to win here. WWE are so good at using the threat of their own bad booking against us yeah. to make a babyface payoff even sweeter. I, th- I g- again, genuinely thought Morgan's tapping. They're not taking the belt off from the... They're not even on the same brand. <laughs> and then Liv reversed it, hit her oblivion. No, she literally just rolled her up. Was it just a roll up? Yeah. And yeah, one, two, three... And then even then I wasn't safe. I was like, oh, God, Ronda's going to turn heel on her now. She's going to nullify Morgan getting over. But no, Ronda held her arm up, hugged her. Couldn't have done a better job at putting her over, I thought. So there was a report from someone. I didn't have this in the the news. It may go into tomorrow's because I think some people are trying to corroborate it, that Ronda was heavily pushing for this, Mm. for the lift to do the cash in on her, which is why she did the big sort of respect thing afterwards. I... So uh, this was great. Obviously, this was great. Liv cashing in was awesome. The crowd absolutely ate it up. Thunderous, you deserve it, Chance. There were legit people crying in the building mm. that this happened because their pick won. This is a this is a Brian Danielson winning at WrestleMania 30 type of like, they did it. We asked them to do something and they actually gave it to us. Shouldn't be that surprising for a wrestling company, but, this, <laughs> but it did happen and that's great. I I don't. Th- it's not the way I would have uh, done it because I think I would have done. I'd have liked this to have been a bit longer of a run with the Money in the Bank briefcase um, because like I think Carmella is the only Money in the Bank winner that's had it for more than a day. Like no one else has held it for more than twenty four hours, and I think you kind of miss out on a lot of stuff with Money in the Bank if you just constantly just cash in on the same show every single time. Yeah, I don't. Largely, I agree with you, but you've got the men's money in the bank briefcase that will presumably be a threat for a long time. And for this night, you've just had Liv cash in and beat Ronda Rousey and become the SmackDown Women's Champion. I think that overrules that idea. Which is why I would I completely agree with you. I think it does in the same way that, hey, there were botches in that women's match, but we got the, mm. the result at the end, so it kind of nullifies this. And I completely agree with you on that. My only other gripe I've got against this is Ronda. It's, <laughs> it's Ronda looking like... Ah, I'm not that asked. Like, you know, she just lost her title and her reaction to it was like, yeah, that's cool, isn't it? That That's absolutely fine with me. Walking away, glad handing fans as she's walking down the aisle, be like, I'm really not that bothered that I just yeah. lost the women's title because it means literally nothing to me. I don't want to be here. This was a mistake. <laughs> coming I back I here, never came back. Yeah, coming back here was an error on my part. Like, I just thought maternity <laughs> leave was a bit boring. So I thought maybe I'll do this for a change. That's really my regret. I could have liked Ronda, because particularly if you're going to do Liv versus Ronda at SummerSlam as a rematch, I'd like to see some drama and passion going into that, as opposed to one person being super duper thrilled that they've won the belt, and one person just really not being asked. I disagree. I think that there's def- you could definitely have done that that way. But I don't think that would have been better than the way we got. I think you can tell that story in the four weeks between now and SummerSlam. I, I, what I really liked about this is how much of an exclamation point 
and a, a line they drew under, this is Liv's moment. Celebrate Liv. She was the star of this night and she ends on top of everybody. In terms of when you walked into this pay-per-view and where you ended, I there's rarely been a hut, like a, a bigger gulf there. And if you have Ronda starting to play all that up, you do slightly detract from Morgan's position. You don't have to do a whole lot. Just have Ronda sell it. You can do that on Friday. Yeah, but then why does she sell it? Like, if she sells it one way on the pay-per-view and then sells it the complete opposite way on, on TV the following Friday, like, where's there's a disconnect there. Well, you don't have to do it such a switch. You could you start off with, I respect you. You know, you did what you had to do and you took your shot well done. But And then, you, you know, you hold on to the handshake. Mm. Actually, maybe she is a little bit pissed off. And you just build that but up. But that, that, that says to me that Ronda wants to win the belt back. And I got the impression from her <laughs> selling that she's just not that bothered about the belt. And, and like, you know, maybe I'm being pessimistic here. Mm. I think Charlotte Flair's going to beat her at SummerSlam and she's just going to be the champion uh, going out of the summer. Charlotte will beat her at SummerSlam. I, I, don't, blonde I, blonde. I don't see this being a long live run. I felt the first thing that I thought after getting over yay live was also oh, Ronda's having time off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe Charlotte at the paper. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, let's see what you all thought 
on the chats. Uh, Tengu Ray says, just before actually we do get into the chats, um, I actually don't know how much you know about this. So, Jam in the Jar, we had the Jam in the Jar ladder match. It was the men's match. Yeah, who had? Well, that's the thing. No one had Austin Theory because Austin Theory was a last minute addition uh -huh. into the match, which means that he did not have a WrestleTalk avatar. So, a decision was made on the stream that we were just going to defer to the women's match instead. And who had Liv Morgan? Your two-time oh. gem in the jar holder. <laughs> Luke Warm, Luke oh. Owen, D-A-D. I'm gem in the jar again. Better, you better not be having another kid. <laughs> How does this keep happening? How do we keep like doing random, uh, random things mad. and we keep ending up with the exact same results? We had Andy and Adam win the Jambles again this year. And I've won, ja uh, won Jam in the Jar again this year, all randomly. The odds against that happening are staggering. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks. I can't wait for your... Uh, to, to just show up in the middle of the night on a show. Well, I mean, as I would say to Tempest in today's uh, Rust Talk News, I feel the summer of D.A.D. is approaching. <laughs> Uh, right, so your thoughts on this show, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars. Tengu Ray, I went in trying to be positive, as this is the first WWE show I've seen since Mania, but the live win and cash in has killed money in the bank for me. Oh, no. Liv is awesome, but this was a heel move. Ronda hugging her made no sense. None of it worked for me. Like, I want to enjoy her win because she deserves it, but it just doesn't work for me. Liv is a great babyface, so winning this way was the exact same problem I had with Big E winning. Maybe WWE is just not for me anymore. Well, this is actually, Pete said this about me cashing in Jam in the Jar last year. He said, it's a heel thing to do. And I think he has the sort of same agreement with well, with what Tengu mm. is saying here. The way that Liv cashed in, the way that Nikki cashed in last year, the way that Big E cashed in, it's a heel thing to do. Like a babyface should announce ahead of time that they're going to be doing it. I suppose Big E did say, by the way, at the end of your match, I am going to cash in on you. But like more like the John Cena, I'm cashing in so we can have this match at this time, as opposed to just running down and trying to take advantage of someone who's beaten up. And even then, she did sell for 95, 98% of mm. the match that she had with Ronda. I I don't know if I fully agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I in general I do agree. I would like that from baby faces, but sometimes it just works. You know, rules aren't rules are generally more guides than they are concrete. And I never looked at this and thought, "Oh, lives it." Yeah. Like, uh, what a heel thing to do for you and and for this thing. Um, you cashing in. Pete was such a heel, and you are so beloved. Everyone took it as a babyface move. Apart from the heel. <laughs> Apart from the heel, Pete, yeah. And and Rhonda, you know, she is a babyface, but people don't generally like her on screen the way they're meant to, and they do for Liv. So it just, yeah, I think it works. Riot DR, hey yo. My missus asked me who I wanted to and thought I would win the briefcases. I couldn't come up with a want for the men's money in the bank match, but thought a heel would be better for possible storyline development. That being said, Theory has a lot of potential for months of interesting storytelling. My opinion, Theory needs to hold on to the briefcase as long as possible, hopefully racking up more main roster credibility and hopefully by then get at least a Miz level cash in. Optimism, I guess. I think we can aim for better than Miz. I think he's going to get beaten for months because he has the briefcase. 
Liv probably thought they're going to book me to lose all the time now. Quick, <laughs> get rid of the briefcase. <laughs> Riot DR again. Women in WWE just don't want to hold the briefcase, it seems. Good thing the women's ladder matches on first. In Raquel's defense, the weight of the ladder is naturally uneven, so no big in my book. Also, I'm a little shocked Lacey was booed so hard. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Like, it's, it's Lacey Evans. <laughs> I know she had like, you know, oh, this is my big emotional story and stuff. And I feel bad that people are still booing her. But I think there are just some people in WWE that the WWE audience are never going to cheer. Logan Paul being one of them. And also the booking of her has been terrible and back and forth. Right, DR again. Go on the men's ladder match. If he is not injured, how can you have a ladder match on a premium live event without Ricochet? They spent a chunk of the night showing his spots from last year. Also, seems no one knew how to feel about Moss possibly winning. I think anyone believed he ever was going to win. Uh, it's because he's supposed to be Kevin Owens. Gary Dansbury. Hope you guys are having a great weekend. Long time watcher, first time ultra chatter. My thoughts on Money in the Banker. Meh. Well, actually he's put M-I-B, which is Men, <laughs> Men in Black. Men in Black. I will not have a bad word said against that franchise. If you're reviewing Men in Black and you're saying meh, Gary, then we need to have words, mate. Two and international, I agree. But one and three. One and three, superb. Sugar in water. <laughs> Enjoyed the tag match and live winning theory. Winning could have been better executed, but I can't be too mad at them putting over a young star. But it was the wrong youngster. <laughs> Matt Hennessy, I really enjoyed Money in the Bank up until the end. Theory winning felt like a wet fart ending. He was the fifth best option. In my opinion, Sammy Drew, Seth or Riddle winning would have made more sense as those four names, storyline wise, are all tied to Roman in some way. Yeah, I think that's the thing with Theory winning. We'll get to it when we get to the men's match, but he is like, storyline wise, there were much better options. Uh... Oh, where have I? I've lost my place. Uh, Matt continues, so. said, had Sammy won, you could have had him cash in and have him lay down for Roman to show his loyalty to the bloodline, <laughs> only for them to turn on him afterwards, building him up as a sympathetic babyface, and then WWE could have him feud with Roman for the belt. Matt, your big area you've made there is Sammy Zayn feuding with Roman over a title. Or, so the, to fit with his current character, Sammy would lay down, pin me, pin me, Roman would go to pin him and he reverses it. Yeah. One, two, three, win. Or <laughs> even better, into a two count and then be like, oh, sorry, no, yeah, that, was an, yeah, that was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I slipped, I slipped the t shirt. That's really good. Uh, Tem Rizza, Money in the Bank was such a weird show, so up and down. Match of the night was Uso Street Profits. There we had X Pac heat with me now. Doesn't make me feel hyped for SummerSlam at all. Live was a great moment, but terrible booking. Follow through will be bad. WWE is bad. LIW. Uh, Temras are again. Does Liv still hold the title going into SummerSlam? They tried so hard to make you excited for Roman Brock. Please, Sasha, go elsewhere. Hope Bailey rides out her contract and goes AEW. Ollie sounds like Noel Fielding talking about Brixton, you cheeky bastards. <laughs> I don't know oh, what, like just a hipster. <laughs> uh, I I think you're being a bit unfair on WWE. If I you, think so. Uh, this this was. I enjoyed this more than how you're making it come across. Plasma PT, four-month member. Morning, Luke and Ollie. I enjoyed Money in the Bank, especially that tag match. And Liv's story was better because I saw her lose in the Up, Up, Down, Down title tournament. And finally for now, this is left over from last night's stream. Omar Josui. Hey, guys, just thought of a cool little idea. What if Sokoa was the surprise entrance? Have him win, and regardless of whether or not he keeps the briefcase or not, center the story around the implosion of the bloodline with a new, younger, and hungrier Roman. Have the briefcase be a holding all the gold moment while also being the catalyst for the implosion of the family due to Roman's paranoia. To answer uh, that sort of point there, and a point that was made earlier as well, um, about 
how long Theory will hold on to this thing for, it's going way past WrestleMania. Well, Roman's not losing that belt until until after Mania because it'll be him rock for the titles. Okay, okay. Well, let's um, let's get into that when we when we cover the main event. So, uh, the please keep getting your uh, ultra chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, we'll get into the rest of the show very shortly. But first, how does your face feel? Give it, have a little feel just of rub, it now. Just rub, just rub your hands on your face. Does it feel dry? Does it feel itchy? Does it feel scratchy? Does it feel greasy? Well, head on over to Geology and use our link in the video description down below and take a 30-second quiz and get a men's skincare routine designed for you. Fabulous little product. If The closer Ollie gets, you might even start to see like the watermarks on there because it's in my bathroom. And it is the products that I use on a daily basis. I've actually had people message me being like, why? Uh, where do you get your skincare products from? Because your skin does look really good on camera. Legit, people have messaged me about that. And that is the skincare routine I use. Geology! Uh, the eye cream in particular is fabulous. I don't look so tired anymore, which I should do because I've got a, a nine-month-old. Yeah, bit... I use it as well. It's, it's amazing. It's so simple because it just tells you what to do. I need very clear instructions. It even says on the side of the everyday face wash it's got a little circle there that circle is the size of the dollop you <laughs> should put on your hands to put on your face that's the level of detail i need yes absolutely uh speaking of uh, me having a child because i don't think we'll go back to the ronda rousey match mm -hmm. on smackdown uh nancy got a promo saying that um when you go home and look after your nine month old and ronda replied later on being like natty's bad at counting i've got a 10 month old Ronda's kid was born like five days after mine. My daughter is nine months old. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn millennials. These kids. These <laughs> kids can't even count. So we've already covered the women's Money in the Bank match. Uh, the match after that, the second match, was Bobby Lashley versus Theory. Now, this wasn't a match I was excited for. Las Vegas sure was. Yeah, this crowd were wanting... Like, either they hated Theory so much that they wanted Bobby to win, or they were just mad into Bobby Lashley here. The crowd was so good in this match, I was just happy for everyone involved. Yeah. I don't care about Lashley and Theory. I am being a little bit annoyed by Theory at the moment. And Lashley, I think he's a shadow of what he used to be in the Hurt business. But this, for, for a moment, everything just clicked. And I thought Lashley and Theory actually had a hell of a back and forth, mainly based around Lashley countering all the silly nonsense that I do enjoy that Theory does before his moves. When he does that forward roll leap up and Bobby caught him in a power slam, that was awesome. Yeah, this crowd, I mean, this crowd elevated what was actually already quite a good match. Uh, the only time this, it did get a bit boring in the middle when Theory turned it into Rest Hold City and he just locked in a headlock that felt like it was 80% of the match. <laughs> but all the stuff either side of that, when Bobby was doing all of his stuff, I thought it was tremendous work. But Theory was a great heel in all of this. I've not enjoyed the build to this match whatsoever that all the pose down stuff is really lame and it's i was actively not wanting to watch this match and by the end of it i was like 
Hot dang, that was dead good. Because Bobby's great, Theory's a really good heel, and this crowd were on fire for this. And when Bobby won at the end, the place came unglued. So Theory hits a spear, Lashley's move, and I thought, okay, we're setting up for a Theory win. That's what I expected. Because every bit of my booking brain is saying you keep the US title on Theory because he has a SummerSlam match with John Cena for the US title. That makes so much sense. That is a match I actually want to see. Yeah. I want to see Cena. I don't really care about Cena versus Theory, but I do care about Cena going for that US championship. So the report at the moment is that Cena's not at SummerSlam. Right. And that was the note I wrote in my note here. Is Lashley wins because Cena isn't doing SummerSlam anymore. Mm. So the rumor, like Dave Meltzer reported that he's likely not going to be on SummerSlam. And there's been a few other people who have said it as well. Um, Sean said that he has heard, but he is looking into like getting it confirmed that Cena's not going to be on the show. As it currently stands... No John Cena at SummerSlam. Mm. So I wonder if the, those decisions, like Cena not doing it, is why we're taking the title off of this, or whether it was just that they thought, no, we're going to put him in Money in the Bank instead, and we're going to elevate him that way, so let's take the US title off of him. Kind of in the same way they did with Bobby mm. just a few years ago. They took the US title off him in that triple threat because they were going to put the WWE Championship on him just a few months later. Not a few years ago. Last year. Was it last year? Last year's Elimination Chamber. No. Oh, yes, you're right, it was. <laughs> it's been a long been a long 2021 yes. and 2022 um but yeah but theory tapped theory tapped to the hurt lock one of the more decisive not burying but certainly conclusive ways to finish a match there was no protection of theory in this finish because yeah. he was winning money in the bag later on so you could do whatever you want to him well we didn't know that at this point because he wasn't even supposed to be in that match uh, around this time but yeah, Lashley champion. I was I was happy for Lashley. The crowd were awesome. I was just a bit confused about the the title change. Uh, after that, we got Carmella versus Bianca Belair. This was a nothing match. The Carmella threat wasn't believable. Of course, she was a replacement for Rhea Ripley, who got injured. And yeah, Belair beat her pretty easily, decisively, and cleanly in seven minutes with a KOD. Yeah. Um... I thought it meh. It, it was the way I would describe this. I don't think anyone bought Mella, so it, that doesn't help. And also, this is a match that we've seen a hundred thousand times, so mm -hmm. I don't think that held particularly afterwards. Mella's attack afterwards uh, is either. I thought at first it might be a, like a, a tease of, all oh, do you think Liv might cash in? Like you've beaten down Bianca uh. Belair to tease that that Liv might cash in, or it was a case of we're looking to wait to further this feud. But I don't like the heel attacking afterwards and then standing tall being like who's the real winner here because mm. it's bel-air <laughs> Be bel-air's the winner here she's won she's still the champion i think if morgan cashed in here that would have been a heel move oh because that, it's on bel-air it's on bel-air and it's after a beatdown that happened outside the confines of a match that doesn't that feels less fair yeah and so uh according to five select as well bailey is set to be returning mm. very very soon she's currently <laughs> working on a well she's working in ring at the moment for her return no timetable on it but kind of the speculation could be SummerSlam. bailey versus bianca belair for the raw women's championship bailey doesn't have a brand either so she can go to raw and go for the raw women's title i think sounds like a much bigger match than doing mm. uh Mella again particularly because Bianca Belair versus Bailey was supposed to be the Money in the Bank match last year until Bailey got injured. Wow. So, like over one year later, you finally get to do that match. I say finally, they did do two other pay per view matches before then. So, it's not it's not that much finally. 
if CJ Lilly is watching the stream, <laughs> I, I encourage you to just skip the next five minutes because <laughs> we're going to talk about Alexa Bliss's backstage segment. But I, I will add, it's not her fault. It's not her fault, but she did not. Well, it was a branded sponsor bit. That's part and parcel of these premium live event things now. And it was nowhere near as bad as the stuff they did last year. I actually think this is worse than what they did last year. Wow. I think this is worse than the H2O one where it was 98% sugar. Uh, I think this is it's worse. Not worse than the zombie match. I think this is worse than the zombie match. And I think this is worse than... Um, Pizza Battle Royal. Pizza Battle Royal. And I'll tell you for why I think this is Do you worse. want to say what it was first? Yeah, so it cuts suit earlier today. It's Alexa Bliss walking down a corridor and she walks into her own private dressing room. She walks in, lots of Alexa Bliss merchandise around. And there's Lily sat there. And she's like, Lily, where did all this stuff come from? You bought it, but how? Oh, you used your Capital One credit card with <laughs> WWE. And she puts it down and then... Lily had bought her a present, tiny roller skates. Hey, the next time you buy me a present, ask for my size first. Wah, wah. And the crowd went, boo, boo. And that is why I think this is actively, this is worse than the other ones. Because it was set up. When it said earlier today, this crowd, and I, me in particular was like, oh, cool, character direction for Alexa yeah. Bliss. We've been looking for some character direction for Alexa Bliss. What's her character direction? Oh, it's an Asmod? Oh, boo you! Boo this! This made me not like Alexa Bliss. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Zombies match, I knew going into it, it was an advert. The water thing, going into it, I knew it was an advert. The pizza battle roll going in, I knew it was an advert. Them suckering me in to think it was character and then telling me it was just an advert made me hate it and made me not like her. And that's... That, I think, is bad. I appreciate your anger, <laughs> and, and I acknowledge that. Uh, but are you really saying this two-minute sponsored segment <laughs> was worse than widely regarded as the worst match of the entire year last year, Damian Priest versus The Miz in a zombie match? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's your truth. <laughs> I don't think it was that bad, but it was still bad. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, I can't wait for Stephanie McMahon to spin this on the next <laughs> investors call. Like, did you hear the crowd reaction? They were so invested in what we were showing on screen. That they booed a credit card. <laughs> uh, there's the, the shot where they... <laughs> I hope we get sponsored by a credit card now. We're gonna, we are going to rip this off shot for shot. Monzo, if you're watching, <laughs> get in touch. I have a Monzo card. Because... The shot when they, she just goes, oh, you used my credit card. <laughs> and it's like, it cuts to a different shot all on the credit card. It's so just over the top. I know we do a lot of sponsored stuff, but, you know, we love the sponsors. And we, I like to think, integrate them a bit more wholeheartedly <laughs> into stuff. Um, and just the, the punchline. These little, these little, just ask me my size next time. Like... It's such a bad punchline. And I, I was thinking someone had to go and buy those little doll trainers. Yeah. Or that journey, that car drive to Toys R Us or wherever and back again. There was so much time to think of something better. Yeah, you're right. It was worse than the Zombies match. <laughs> uh, I mean... At I least it wasn't a match is what I put. <laughs> the Capital One credit card on a pole match. Yeah. Um, 
I, I would say, you know, you. I don't think we need to wait for a credit card. I think we should just do all of our upcoming sponsor rooms <laughs> like this, no matter what the product is. Oh, look, you bought them. Um, there's loads of these things. Are oh, you bought it using geology? <laughs> yeah. We open up the geology box. Two tiny roller skates. Yeah, exactly. You didn't ask for my <laughs> size. <laughs> well, at least we had the best thing on the show oh. right after that. It was the Usos versus the Street Profits. A match I didn't care about because seen it a lot and... Yeah, I, I don't really believe the profits were going to win. Which is remarkable as well because the Usos have done nothing since lose. Like they keep talking about like, oh, what a historic tag reign they have had, and I'm like, I've literally watched them be pinned in singles matches multiple times by the Street Profits, mm. and just two weeks ago they were pinned clean as a sheep by Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. So they don't feel like these big credible bloodline. They're not protected the same way Roman is. Like, and it's so I was going to this match with such low expectations. Well, this is the beauty of wrestling, that no matter how much a company, and that's AEW or WWE anywhere, can screw up characters and the storyline, the magic really is what happens between those two bells. And here, they had 22 minutes, second longest match on the show, and they just killed it. It was 10 minutes of just working over the baby faces, and the crowd were pretty quiet for it. But then the last half of this match was astounding. It's the sort of match that Dave Meltzer would compare to a PWG Young Bucks match and WWE fans would get really angry about. But that's what it was. Certainly the second half of this match where it was like that Ring of Honor PWG style of like big spots, the near falls, the crowd getting bit more and more amped for each of the near falls. It totally worked. And it really amped the crowd up. And like they were so good together like i i wrote my notes here that like because the end of this was the, the usos hitting the 3d and getting the win but one d. sorry the 1d i made that mistake but uh montez's forge i mean it is the 3d <laughs> but montez's forge shoulder was way off the mat uh -huh. and they played this up brilliantly on commentary actually where they were like what an incredible win for the usos and then they see that replay where the shoulders off and they were like whoa whoa hold on can we, can we watch that again? Oh my God, his, his shoulder was up. We didn't see that in the first relay. We didn't see it live. We've only seen it in this now. So it really saw like, because the, the street profits were like, no, my shoulder was up, shoulder was up. And I wrote in my notes here, like, they're going to get more matches out of this, which remarkably I'm now really happy mm. about because at the start of this, was like, I don't ever want to see these two teams wrestle again. But this was like New Day Usos yeah. level of like, oh, incredible stuff. And I cannot wait to see them do more matches like this. Uh, yeah, they'll probably have a rematch at SummerSlam, I imagine. And unless they break the profits up, which I feel like is a kind of undertone at the moment, they were very heavily referencing how sexy Montez Ford is now. So, yeah, you might have seen this on SmackDown. Apropos of nothing, Kayla Braxton said, oh, I've heard rumors that you two aren't getting on. And, and everyone else was like, huh? What? When's this happened? Like <laughs> last time I saw them on Smack on Raw, they were super happy with John Cena, and John Cena was hyping them up, and they were all completely on the same page. And Montez Ford said, "Oh, you probably just read that in the dirt sheets." Uh, but like they were saying it on commentary as well that there's rumors going around that Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins are just not on the same page, which is remarkable because they were not telling that story in the ring; they were just a quite happy duo. But you're right. The other side of that is they were like, 
Look how much muscle mass Montez Ford has put on recently. Wow, he's looking great, isn't he? He's looking jacked. I can't remember what the other guy's name is, but have you seen Montez <laughs> Ford? Looking jacked, baby. And I was like, oh, they're totally going to split this team up because mm. Montez Ford is, is looking good. Sean said on, I might have been Sean, it might have been Dave actually, said that there are people backstage that are heavily pushing for them to be split up and push Montez Ford as a singles guy. It was Meltzer, it was on Wrestling Observer Radio, and push Montez Ford as a singles guy. I think there's so much mileage left in the, the Street Profits, but I also opened the guide to say that Montez Ford's a future WWE champion. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if there's ever a good time to do it. So do you just do it now? They, they've been a tag team on the main roster for three years? Yeah, I mean, I'd have liked to, to do it as a storyline as opposed to just randomly Caleb Braxton be like, so you're splitting up. Well, maybe, it ha maybe it's longer term. <laughs> oh, Holly. Oh, Holly. <laughs> uh, but yes, there was a bit of friction between them when Ford lost. I felt like Dawkins ran in and was a little bit frustrated. But then they quelled that quite quickly with the, no, my shoulder was up, and they showed the replay footage. Excellent match. Loved it. Let's see where it goes. Oh, it was so, so good. And what I was saying about Ronda Rousey earlier, look how disappointed they were that they mm. didn't win those tag belts. This meant the world to them to win those tag team titles. Titles that no one cares about <laughs> absolutely no not even the usos care about these tag titles but it meant the world to the usos to win this so they were super sad and disappointed remember that when you watch re watch back ronda rousey's reaction to losing the world championship we got a weird vignette next and it it came out of nowhere because i often skip the five minute the, the ad break that they have in the ad free wwe network where they just play video packages of stuff I've seen loads of times before. But at the end of the next one, we had a weird vignette of a hooded figure walking through a graffitied street. There were some exposed light bulbs, some candles, a church. And, and the three visuals or four visuals were a Texas number plate, a Latino heat number it was, plate. Yeah, it was Latino heat. Uh, there was a gold medal, Olympic gold medal. There was a lot of church stuff, particularly a cross. And uh, sort of Jeff Hardy's gauntlets. Yeah, Jeff Hardy's gloves. There was also uh, Dudley Boy's glasses. Yes, yeah. So it was like, okay, what the hell was going on there? To me, I see spooky and my mind just goes Bray Wyatt. But what the hell were the gold medals? So I, I knew it wasn't Bray Wyatt. I was like, it's a weird direction to take Gable Steveson, but yeah. okay, I guess. And the, the report is it's Edge. Yes, apparently these are uh, the to bring Edge back, uh, it's all like his classic feuds, like memor memorabilia of his classic feuds, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Christian, um, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, and sort of like he was, him walking through the Attitude Era. I wonder if the next set of these will be him walking through the Ruthless Aggression Era and going like, through all of his feuds there, like Cena, That's uh, really nice. Randy, Triple H, and all that, Jeff Hardy again, probably. So like, it's, sort of, it's Edge walking through his mm. career. But I did think there was mad irony in that the reason Edge was kicked out of the Judgment Day is because he had a backstage disagreement about them taking Judgment Day in a spooky supernatural direction. He's like, no, that's not what I want this group to do. And his comeback videos, no matter where you go, are being described as spooky to the point where people thought it was a Bray Wyatt return. You can do spooky psychological realism, and that's obviously what Edge wants to do. He's already tried to do it once. But then to try and do it again and expect that Vince McMahon isn't going to make you teleport... It's ridiculous. <laughs> I looked. At, I, it was shot the same way that Wyatt family yeah. promos were shot. Blah. Just, we can bloop, 
which is why everyone was the Undertaker's coming back, which is why everyone thought that like Bray Wyatt's name was trending uh, on Twitter and on social media and stuff last night because people thought this was a a signal that Bray's coming back. Mm. But no, it is for for Edge, and it's just weird that it was spooky. Uh, then we got the Ronda versus Natalia match and the Liv Morgan cash in. Great. And the, the second half final main the main event was the men's money in the bank match. Everyone made their entrances, and then Adam Pierce came out and said, We are in Vegas, so I see your seven competitors, and I raise you one more. Theory's gonna be in the match. There was a moment before Theory's name was announced that the crowd were genuinely excited. Yeah. And I was thinking, Cody. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cody. (laughs) Vince is going to go in. What better way to silence the allegations? WrestleMania Victor. The briefcase. (laughs) I mean, he's on the shows all the time anyway. May as well. He won at WrestleMania. He he beat Pat McAfee. He's lost his mind. He could win that briefcase and cash it in at the UFC show. (laughs) On that note, why didn't Vince do this intro? Why is why did Adam Pierce do this? And why was Adam Pierce really happy about it? Vince never shows up at the moments he needs to. <laughs> Yet he is there all the rest of the time now. He just kind of be like, John Cena's coming back next week. And then next week, like, ladies and gentlemen, John Cena. <laughs> but when he could actually be storyline relevant, because has he been storyline relevant with Theory since WrestleMania? I don't think so. I don't so. think he's Maybe been he in might a, have been mentioned. He, he's mentioned all the time, but we never see them together. And this is kind of the, the problem I've always been saying about the whole Vince being on TV and like, you know, it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable in this because it is just him stroking his own ego to be like, literally nothing can touch me. Hmm. I, I, I'm the innocent victim here and nothing can touch me. If you're going to do that, just put yourself into a storyline. You're already in one. So just be on TV for that. I think we're... Just do the whole allegation investigation thing <laughs> as, as a storyline. <laughs> Where you can win. <laughs> yes. Book yourself to win. Oh, 2004 Vince would have done that. All over that. Uh, anyway, theory comes out. The crowd booed it heavily. What is Adam Pearce? <laughs> and I, I, uh, I do agree with that chat earlier. They said get an x-pack heat really and i do that's my problem with theory like right now because if you go back and you watch our reviews over the last year i've always been a big proponent of theory even when he came back onto the main roster with the selfie stuff i was like sure you know that this is a gimmick he can have before he becomes more serious but now they are making him more serious without the transitioning out of the stupid part and I feel like it is too forced. They're putting him in the wrong positions to get him over. And yeah, he won this match. He won this match that he wasn't meant to be a part of. I'm going to put a call out to our viewers here. I get a lot of flack sometimes for my uh, quote-unquote anti-Miz agenda. Hmm. Uh, just remember your feelings towards Austin Theory <coughs> here. And in 15 years' time, when you're part of message boards or you're online and people are going to be like, no, Austin Theory was a great heel. And him winning Money in the Bank and cashing it was one of the greatest moments. Those are the kids now that are just going to be 15 years older. Because at the moment, he is getting... I've got real Miz vibes off of him. Oh, wow. Of like being pushed into a main event position you're not ready for. And then having main event matches that are actively bad because the crowd don't buy you in those positions and you're just not ready to be there. Mm. And I, I really feel that that could hurt Theory in the long run because it's really hurt the Miz long run, long term. 
I would say it hurt Roman Reigns as well after yeah. the Shield. It hurt John Cena after his initial organic rise. Um, but yeah, the what what I what's most worrying about this isn't that theory one. It's that WWE are going to belligerently push this for years. I don't see this. Yeah, he's he's gonna keep on getting these opportunities, which is you know great. They are actually building a new star. Great. We asked that question when he had that match with Big E. But Riddle is right there. Riddle is genuinely over. All he needs is that little match led under him to cement him in the main event. And the briefcase would have perfectly gotten over that very awkward bit of booking when Roman beat him, he can no longer challenge for the title. In this instance, in this example, he's Danielson. He is the guy that the crowd are telling the company mm. that's the that's who you should be running the that's who you should be carrying the ball with. Give him the ball and let him run with it. I don't think WWE will ever see Riddle as a main eventer. No. They will see him as Randy's lackey, and then once the Randy Orton stuff is done or if it ever ends, US title picture, mid card forever. In the same way that I mean, if we're gonna get depressing long term about this, they won't ever think that about Liv Morgan either. No. This it's, not a horse a, woman. it's a great moment, but you know, one month, two months down the line, it's gonna be on Charlotte or Ronda again. Yeah, and I, I real, feel real bad for it because like he was so incredibly over here, and it's not even just because it's Vegas, because and you can tell it's not because it's Vegas, which is his hometown. Because when they announced, oh, he's I didn't even think of that. Because when they announced from Las Vegas, there wasn't an extra pop. Mm. There was already just a monster pop for him coming out. Usually, if you like, be like coming out from Chicago, Illinois, and if you're in Chicago, oh, brilliant, it's from Chicago. But with Riddle, it was like already mm. massively over. Seth was massively over in this match. Drew was over, even Sheamus. In fact, the only people who weren't over in this match were Mad Cat Moss and Amos. Because I wrote in my notes here, it is impressive how Amos can do so much to such little reaction. Mm. I guess he was doing all sorts of spots and moves to people, to crickets. I don't often rag on wrestler abilities. I much prefer talking about booking and creative and characters. But dear God, I actually can't handle a moss. <laughs> He's been fine when he is, you know, just squashing people. Even that's pretty bad. Yeah. But like, that, I, I get that. That's your monster run. When he, him in this match, very rarely happens to me. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate, I hate watching you wrestle. Yeah. And he he really took it out took he really lowered the enjoyment of this match for me. I will say though, the elimination of him from this match, I popped for. I thought it yeah. was really good. When all six good. guys worked together and lifted him up, crowd surfed him up and then launched him like an arrow and he crashed through the commentary with this massive clattering noise and the crowd popped mega huge for it. And that's a spot that works really well if all of the other spots before it had also worked really well. Because like when he's doing these big spots to crickets, what you're popping for is a table break as opposed to this monster being taken out of a match. Totally, because if it was a monster who could work, it'd be even more awesome. Yeah, like if an, that was like an Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah, Braun Strowman, Umaga, someone like that, being taken out, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe the monster. Brock Lesnar, you know, like mm. the, the Royal Rumble triple threat, getting taken out, like, I cannot believe mm. this monster's finally been taken out. Here is like, well, at least he won't be in the match anymore. Uh, the the other bits of the match, the only other bit of the match really that was good for the whole time was this Drew Sheamus interaction. Love that. But we we've loved that going back years. You know, the what do they call themselves? 
have a couple of kegs of beer. Oh, yeah, they were going to go and always have kegs of beer. Which oh, we fight brawl. Don't do it here in the UK. Drinking kegs and smashing heads. That was it. Well remembered. Um, so they, they were always bickering with each other. And at one point, Theory tried to sneak up the ladder and they both slowly <laughs> turned to look at him. And then were like, man, let's beat up this guy. Yeah. Which That was really good. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, oh, God, what's it? Butch. I don't want to say it is the truth. Butch ran down Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Look, okay. I had this moment. I, I told this story to Tempest on the Friday show. Um, I was walking around the supermarket not two weeks ago thinking, whatever happened to Pete Dunn in WWE? <laughs> it doesn't like, feel like the same thing. I person. know. And then, I, and then like about five minutes later, I was like, oh, no, he's on the main roster. He's on mm. SmackDown. And I just, he doesn't feel like Pete Dunn. No. It's, it's really weird. It's, he, it's better we... We don't think it's good. <laughs> so anyway, Drew looked like he was going to win at one point and Butch came down to do the scrappy-do thing and, and stopped that. And that, Seamus kind of stopped. I, I, I quite enjoy Seamus and Drew. Like, it's a good eternal feud. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually at the point now, particularly after the SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, to see them come back together again. And like Drew and Seamus versus Pete Dunne and the other lads. Like, I think that could be really, really good. But ultimately... Riddle goes up the top. He hits a great RKO on Seth Rollins. That was the spot of the night for me. That was the exact moment where Theory should have come up and and made you believe, oh no, of course they're going to book Theory to win, just like we had with Becky and Liv. But oh, Riddle fights him off, Riddle wins. But they didn't do that. It was Theory getting the win. And after the show went off air, he called out John Cena. And I look at that and I think... He's going to put the briefcase on the line. I could see that, yeah. Cena versus Theory for the briefcase. Cena can be like, winning that means I can get my 17th world titles. There's a story you can tell there. Um, I mean, Dave was saying in the Observer, he was speculating that Cena Theory might not even happen until Mania. Like, it might, like if Cena's not around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I could certainly see that. Like, I think it is definitely the direction they're heading of, of you know, with this. Uh, I also, like I say, I can see Theory holding on to this kind of like the Miz did for a long old time and I think it could be a fun part of his character holding onto this briefcase problem is is that it's very difficult to cash in a Roman he's barely ever around so (laughs) by default he's going to have it for ages instigate 24-7 rules (laughs) and you can jump jump Roman in the bull pond yeah yeah how's he going to get him well yeah he's going to wait till that one smackdown he might show up to in (laughs) October uh, overall, I gave this 72%. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed some of the stuff on the show, the tag match and Liv's storyline in particular. But Theory was a, a poor decision for me, and some of the matches were a bit bad. I had a blast with this show. Hmm. like uh, Because it was sort of like bookended by like I, I loved the men's money in the bank ladder match like i had a really really good time watching it particularly like i thought the amos elimination was great i thought the stuff with drew and Sheamus they, they were my mvps of the match stuff with seth and like riddick moss may as well not been there but like i thought all the other lads were really really great live winning and cashing in and and winning that i thought was awesome the tag match was amazing. I enjoyed Bobby versus Theory so much more than I mm. ever thought I would have done. For me, it was just those two women's matches. And really, for those, it was just a case of, eh, not that arsed. And with Ronda and Natalia, was like watching two people wrestle underwater. So you gave it? I'd give it a four out of five, I reckon. Hot damn.
we um, if if Mod Mother is around, can we have a, a poll just so I we think can? She's off. Is she off today? I don't then... know. If she's, I know she's off this week coming. Uh, yeah. Shall I see if I can create a poll myself? You start reading, and I'll, I'll see if I can. I'll do the chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your ultra chats in now. I'm Al Joshua. What if instead of theory, you have uh, secure? Ooh, we've had that one. Ba -ba -ba -bum. Yeah, we've had that one. Matt Hennessy. Uh, after the Royal Rumble feud, Zayn could reunite with Kevin Owens as a babyface team and feud with the Usos. Had a DM? Who's DM? DM, uh, DM, DM. Sorry, where would we get to? Matt Hennessy. Matt Hennessy. Uh, Who is DM? Had DM one Wrestlers. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre won. You could have set him up and... Roman Reigns up at... God, it's just letters. <laughs> at Katka in the UK. Clash Seth of Castles. Rollins winning could have set up Heist 2 at some Survivor Series. No, SummerSlam. Yes. Who's Heist? Well, because it's it's Brock versus Roman. Oh, with the... Yeah, you're right there. Had Riddle won, he could have used... Money in the Bank. <laughs> as a way to go for the belt again. Uh, I, I've lost track of what this means. Yeah. I have as well. I, mean, I, I know this might not have been on the, the Peacock feed, but did you enjoy the video package for Brock versus Roman? Yeah. That said, it's seven years in the making, which is uh, incorrect. Yeah. It's actually just taken them seven years to tell this story. I also like that they called it the final chapter in mm -hmm. the same way that Friday the 13th part four was the final <laughs> chapter. Uh, Callum Wiggins. I'm in the minority, but I can't care about Liv winning the belt. It'll be another forgettable one-off title reign, e.g. Biggie, Nikki A.S.H., Ziggler. Flair will beat her and Liv will go back to the mid-card never to return. Just more moment-based booking. Yeah, but it was three moments <laughs> in one night. But, you know, you're probably right. Stephen Jeffries. Glad I decided to watch everything everywhere all at once instead of this pay-per-view. My movie of the year, folks! Live winning was rad as hell and something I've wanted for ages, but it's the most WWE Vince McMahon thing to give the men's money in the bank to someone that has allegations. I can't remember what the status are of them. I don't know where they stand either. Uh, I don't think they're ever properly made. I don't think there was ever any rebuttal, so we won't go into those. Uh, Robert Waters, I'm going to put it out there. Cody wins the Rumble. Night one of WrestleMania, Roman versus Rock. Night two, Roman versus Cody where Cody wins. I could wow. then see that's when Theory cashes in. <laughs> what? Yeah. On Cody? On Cody. Uh, Wilson Simons. A town down. A town down. A town down. No, no, down. it's a town down. <laughs> like you're giving <laughs> someone directions. How do I get to that? Oh, it's a town down. Town down. Cope you, Marks. Theory is a future world champion and he's cashing in at the main event of Mania and will beat Roman and Rock. A town down. A town down. <laughs> that's just a town down. Then take a left. Riot DR. I love Lashley as long as he doesn't go full sisters. I think never go full sisters. <laughs> I, I think my issue with Amos's betrayal is that he doesn't do anything beyond basics. At least Carly had the brain chop. Hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, that is beyond the basics, right, I so guess. Zack Sabre Jr. is forever <laughs> doing brain chops. Love you guys. Your videos bring me peace in the hectic workplace. Hashtag jam that jam. You're very welcome. Mr. CJ Lilly says, Hi guys, I said it last night. Very happy with Liv winning. She has earned it, but yet again leaves Alexa with no direction. What are you talking about? She's got the credit cards. She's trying, well, when's she going to get skates that fit her? <laughs> with Liv now on SmackDown and that ad, I feel so bad for her. I hope she's not too hurt after Shotzi's botches. Hope she has something soon. Yeah, there was one uh, move where it was like a powerbomb into the ladder, but it all fell apart. Yeah. 
I don't know if that was Shotzi's fault or just ladders being temporary. I think it was ladders being ladders. To be honest, <laughs> I'm probably more worried about Shotzi hurting herself. Yeah. Joe strikes. Theory is the chosen one. It's going to be the head of the table versus the head, the head of the table. In in what way? <laughs> well, I mean, is that a way thing? It, um, I don't think it was a way thing. Maybe it's that he's the head of Vince's table. Well, Vince is the head of his own table. Oh, okay. Uh, Theory cashes in at SummerSlam. Theory is a transition for Finn Balor. Oh, come off it! Come off it, Joe. <laughs> or to take it at the other big Europe show for local pop. This is all because Cody was injured. All right, Joe. I mean, you lost me there with Theory is going to cash in at SummerSlam. Maybe, but then to be a transitional champion for Pin Balor? Don't see that happening. Nolan Eubank. Hey, fellas. I wanted to let you know uh, you mean loads to me. Keeping my love of wrestling alive. I've decided to become a pledge hammer. Thank you so much. One thing I hate is the lame repetitive thing where Miss Money in the Bank can't hold the briefcase for more than a day. Shakes my head. Jam that jam. It's better than failing. Well, I mean, it's it is a, better than failing. It's got your a one hundred percent success rate. The uh, the women's title. Mm. They kept saying that Mella's a two time winner, and I think we really do need to remember that she's only won it twice because they felt so bad that they bollocks the first one so much they just did it again on SmackDown two nights later. Tam Rizza, you said I was being harsh on WWE, and I'm just interested as to why. Do you only accept moments as great things from them now? Uh, kind of. Like, you've got to have your benchmark for this place. Otherwise, you'll go mad. Like, if you're still watching WWE and you don't take joy in the moments they do get right, you know, long term, they might not get them right, but don't take joy in the moments they do get right. And that tag match, which was objectively great, I think, in terms of wrestling, then that, then that's why I would say you're... Um, yeah, you, that's why I was critical. Like, you, you'll find zero joy in, zero joy in the product. Hmm. Uh, because I have no faith in them to do stories at all. Love to Jim Morrison on this day. Do you ever listen to The Doors? Hashtag funky. I don't think I've listened to The Doors since I was a teenager. Yeah, that, I was I was super into them at uni. I went through a phase of The Doors, but it's like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're discovering music and your musical taste, and then people was like, oh, maybe this is a band that you'll like. So you go down to uh, your Virgin Megastore and pick up an album, mm. and you go and listen to it. That was like, that was my Doors experience. It was like, oh, well... I should probably know who the doors are and know a few tunes. Mine was a combination of Apocalypse Now, because they have the end in the opening scene, and uh, Will Young. Like my father. I going to say, and drugs. <laughs> Dart, and finally for now, Dart Train 24. No one is better at wrestle talk at jamming it in than the DAD. He's the CM Punk of it, the best in the world. Look, the jam in the jar has a 100% success rate thus far. You should have cashed it in that night. <laughs> well, I didn't know until like this driving one. there. I'm coming, you guys! Anyway, thank you ever so much for joining us here today and for everyone who's sent in a chat. Uh, I've got the... Do you want me to end the poll? Yeah. Uh, so we have got... Do, 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 do. Oh, come on, YouTube. Give us this. Give us the results. Uh, 4% voted for 1 out of 4. 12% voted for 4 out of 4. 32% voted for 2 out of 4. And 50% voted for 3 out of 4. Yeah. So 3 out of 4. On, on a on a 5 option scale, that probably level out at 3. Yeah, I, I, I thought it might have been heavily more towards the... For the three and fours, mm -hmm. only because of the live stuff and the tag match, I thought that would really propel people. Like, I think that shows how little people are into Austin Theory as Money in the Bank holder. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but thank you, everybody. Go and check out Geology as well. What's the link again? It's in the description. It's in the video description down below. All you've got to do is take the very, very quick 30-second quiz, and you will get a skincare regime that is just right for you. It is men's skincare rejuvenated. It is a fabulous product. Cannot recommend it enough. So please do click the link in the video description down below. We'll see you Tuesday for the Raw Review. Jam that jam. Jam that jam in the jar. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.